Welcome to the Landmark Apostolic Church Podcast. We hope that this message inspires you and brings impact to your life. Enjoy the message. You know, faith is something that, that we must have. And because we must have it, God said, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to make sure every person has a certain amount of faith. Every single one of us here. I don't care. Even, even the, the agnostic, the atheist, they have faith. I believe that because the Word says that. He didn't leave them out. Now, they may have their faith placed in the wrong things, but they have been given a measure of faith. And because we have faith, we have the possibility of seeing the miraculous in our life take place. It's according to how we use that faith. But I'm here to tell you, I'm not really here to preach a message on how much faith that you need or how little of faith that you need, but but I'm more here to tell you today that your faith will be challenged at times. And it's in those moments when your faith is challenged that you're either going to succeed or fail. And so I want to see you succeed. As a pastor, it, it is important to me to see you succeed in your walk with God and your relationship with God. As you hunger for more of Him, it is my it's my desire to see you be filled with more of him. And all of us are on, we're all on, we're all on the same journey, but at different stages of the journey. We headed up and got to see Pike speak for the very first time in my 56 years on this earth. And as we were going up, there were people that were coming down. There were people that were ahead of us, and there were people that were behind us. There were people that had better breaks than us. And there were people that, that probably shouldn't have been driving their vehicles up that mountain. We saw people on bicycles. We saw people walking. We saw people on, but we were all on the same road. We were just at different points on that road. And that's what I want you to understand today. It doesn't matter if it's your very first time of ever feeling the Lord, of ever being in a service, or as Brother England said, you've been here for decades just keep to the path. Stay on the road. Continue the journey. And understand that your faith will sometimes be called into question. Your faith will be questioned. It will be, will be challenged. Amen. I want to preach to you out of the book of Joshua, chapter 5. Joshua, chapter 5. Now, Joshua was the successor of Moses. Everybody knows Moses, right? You can stand if you want to. Moses passed away, and the mantle has fallen to Joshua. Not a physical mantle, but a spiritual mantle. He's become the new leader of the Israelites. Joshua chapter 5, verse 13 says, And it came to pass when Joshua was, was by Jericho that he lifted his eyes and looked. And behold, a man stood opposite him with his sword drawn in his hand. be a little daunting I guess be one thing if a man had a sword in his in his sheath be one thing if if a man's got a big pocket knife in his pocket it's another thing if he's got it opened up and he's walking towards me I'm going to look at that man a little bit differently right wouldn't you 
you're going to call his motives into question. And that's what Joshua finds himself doing. He, he asked him, he said, are you for us or are you for our adversaries? Are you friend or foe? Are you with me or are you against me? So the man said, no, but as commander of the army of the Lord, I have now come. It's at that point that Joshua fell on his face to the earth and worshiped and said, what does my Lord say to his servant? He submitted himself to the commander of the Lord. That's a wise thing to do. Not always an easy thing to submit to spiritual authority in your life. Not always easy to submit when the Lord tells you or prompts you either through a still small voice or through his word as you're reading that something needs to change in your not always easy to submit but it's always wise it's wise Joshua did a very wise thing here he submitted and that's when the commander of the Lord's army said to Joshua take your sandals off your foot for the place where you stand is holy the Bible said that Joshua did so I just want to preach a message that I've entitled, Faith Prevails. Faith Prevails. I want your faith, the faith that the Lord has invested in you to prevail in your life. Amen. Lord, we love you today, and we just pray that your anointing would be upon this message. God, not just upon me as your mouthpiece today, but on every heart that's here to receive your word. God, I pray that this word helps somebody maybe that might be struggling in their life, somebody that might be at a point in their life where they don't, they're having to make a decision that is difficult. God, that your hand would be upon them, Lord, that you would speak to them through your word in the name of Jesus. Would you say amen? God bless you today. Please help me preach today. I'm back down here where I can breathe again. So I've got a little bit more air than I had a couple of days ago. I was having a little bit of struggling uh, times trying to breathe, but I, I, I was thinking, I don't know if I could preach uh, in Colorado, not without a big uh, can of oxygen next to me taking puffs off of that. Uh, but here we are back in good old southern Illinois, and I feel, feel like I've got plenty of wind to say what the Lord needs me to say today. And everybody say, amen, preacher, you've got plenty of wind. Plenty of wind. <laughs> Joshua, he's here following in Moses' footsteps. And, and, and you'll find if you read the book of Joshua that there are many similarities that resemble Moses' story to a certain degree. And Moses led the Hebrews out of Egyptian bondage, and now it's up to Joshua to lead them to their next victories. Moses is now gone. He's no longer alive, and, and it's up to Joshua. And Joshua has had a conversation uh, with the Lord, and the Lord had told him a few things. And, and you'll find as you read the very first chapter of the book of Joshua that it starts out with the Lord speaking to Joshua and giving him some assurances that the promises that God had given to Moses back in the day were still valid for Joshua to lead the children of Israel. He basically looked at Joshua and he said, listen, I want you to step forward. I want you to, to put your feet uh, uh, on the ground. And I, just as Moses, uh, as promised to Moses, I'm also going to promise to you that every place that your foot hits the ground, is going to become yours. Very similar in nature to what he told Moses. No one will be able to stand against you. 
for I'm going to go with you. Joshua steps up to the Jordan River. He calls for the priests. He says, step your foot down into the Jordan. When it does, the Jordan River parts and the, the Hebrews walk through on dry land. Sound kind of familiar to anybody? There's a lot of similarities here. Spies are sent to check things out. Now, this didn't go so well for Moses when he sent the spies out. He sent 12 spies out, and 10 of them came back with negative, or as the Bible would call them, evil reports, because anything that goes against what the Lord commanded you to do is always an evil report. doesn't matter if it makes sense in the eyes of the world. If God said go forward, don't you stand there and question him. You move forward. Anything less is an evil report. Amen. It doesn't matter what the situation is. It doesn't matter what the outcome looks like through the eyes of the world. If God said conquer it, go forward and conquer it because he will be with you as you do so. And so he sends two spies to check things out. This is where Rahab, the harlot, comes into play. This is where she kind of winds up having her family saved uh, by throwing the red line out the window. And, and this time they've learned a lesson. There's no negative reports here. There's no stories of giants. Uh, now, there is problems. There, there's definitely some things that are going to have to be overcome because the, the Lord has already told them, I want you to take Jericho. So they know that there's a battle that is going to be waged. There's, there's, there's going to be a fight that has to be had. There's going to be enemies that are going to have to be faced. But these two brothers, they come back and they say, hey, listen, they're trembling in their shoes. They, they, they see that we're out here. They've heard the stories, and the enemy is quaking in their shoes at the very thought of us going forward. So we're not here to tell us to stay put. We're not here to talk about giants. We're here to talk about victory. Friend, let me tell you something today. Sometimes we get focused on the wrong things. We can get focused on the problem instead of the problem solver. And if you focus on the problem, you make the problem the giant. And the giant becomes too big for you to conquer. We need to remember that our hope and our trust is in Jesus Christ. Not in our problem. No negative reports. Back in Moses' day, they come back and they said, we look like grasshoppers compared to them. And I love that, that line in there, even though it's a sad line that says, we look like grasshoppers compared to them. But the last line in there says, and we, we were as grasshoppers to ourselves. It's how they saw themselves that was the problem. And oftentimes, the enemy will try to whisper in your ear that you'll never be able to conquer the problem. It'll whisper in your ear that your faith that God gave you is too small. But that is exactly why the Lord said, hey, you don't have to have a whole lot of it. Even faith the size of a grain of mustard seed, you plant that in the ground and you watch what can grow from that little bit of faith. But you've got to plant that faith. You can't toss it out the window. You've got to give it proper sunshine. You've got to give it proper rain. You've got to give it proper soil. And if you put that small amount of faith that the Lord has given you in a place where it can grow, it can grow in to something that your mind could never fathom that it ever could be.
Well, Joshua is feeling pretty good about things. God's behind him. The people are behind him. Things are good. I mean, that'd be pretty cool to be able to go down to the Mississippi River. And part, I might not even use the Poplar Street Bridge. If I could part the river, I might would just do it just to, just to see what it feels like. They've parted the Jordan River. They've walked through on dry land. They've seen God provide miracles for them. But up to this point, it's been a lot of attaboys and packs on the back. There's really been nothing that was too dangerous. <coughs> There's always going to be a time where God requires faith to be combined with action. I'm going to say that again because everybody needs to hear that. Put that in your back pocket and hang on to it. There will always come a time in your life where the faith that you have, God will require you to put that faith into action. What's his word say? Faith without works is what? In modern-day terminology, belief without action is dead. Faith without works is dead. God will give you the faith that you need. God will give you the faith that is required. But at some point in your life, he's going to put you in a situation where you're going to have to stand up to that mountain. You're going to have to stand up to that giant. You're going to have to stand up to that enemy and look at square in the face and say, I don't care what it looks like. I'm coming after you because God has already given me a promise. You need to hear today. You need to let your faith prevail. Let your faith prevail over every circumstance. God gives you a promise. That promise is going to one day be confronted by a challenge. This is where Joshua finds himself. He's got a daunting, almost in the world's view, impossible situation that he's found himself in. I want you to attack Jericho, but what we need to understand about Jericho is that Jericho at the at that point in time, was the most fortified city that, that was even in the area. It's not like they're going to, it's not like they have the upper hand here. It's not like they're sitting on the high ground. No, they're at a major disadvantage. Their enemy is well protected. Their enemy is well entrenched. Their enemy has plenty of artillery. Their enemy is not afraid of a fight. No, their enemy is invested in what they have, and they're willing to protect it. But God told Joshua, go forth and conquer. Before the battle ever started, God gave Joshua a promise. You know, the name Jericho literally means the place of fragrance. I'll tell you why I think that that is important for us to study. Fragrance was always a very significant part of the ritual of worship in the Old Testament. In fact, God commanded that the priests burn incense in the tabernacle, which 
The fragrance of that incense was symbolic of prayer and praise going up before the Lord. You can turn to Exodus chapter 30, and it reads this way, Aaron shall burn on its sweet incense every morning when he tends the lamps, and he shall burn incense on it. And when Aaron lights the lamps at twilight, he shall burn incense on it, a perpetual incense before the Lord throughout your generations. And it goes on to say, for it is most holy unto the Lord. There's something about the fragrance of praise. You think your praise is just empty? You think your praise is, is, is impotent? You think your praise? No, I'm telling you, there is something about when we gather together and we begin to worship the Lord, or it doesn't have to be corporately uh, worship. But sometimes it's when you're alone all by yourself. You're in your prayer closet. You're kneeling by your bed. You're driving in your car, and you begin to worship the Lord. That song comes on that, 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 that plucks the strings of your heart. A tear begins to roll down your eye, and you just begin to say, thank you, God, for everything that you've done for me today. Thank you for health. Thank you for family. Thank you for blessing. That is a sweet-smelling incense unto the Lord. It's pleasing to him. He loves it. The psalmist wrote it this way, let my prayer be set before you as incense. The lifting up of my hands as the evening sacrifice. So God tells Joshua, he says, go forward. I, I, I'm with you. I've got you. Uh, I know I'm invisible. You can't see me, but, but you heard my promise, and you're just going to have to take some things by faith and understand that, that even though some things come against you and some, some things you can't understand, that if I'm with you and I've given you a promise, that you can stand upon that promise. I want you to possess the place of praise. But the fragrant place of praise was the most well-protected, fortified place in the country. Let me say this to you today. Some of the greatest and most intimate experiences that I've ever had with God have come out of what seemed to be the most impossible overwhelming situations that I've ever had in my life. The greatest gratitude that I've ever felt toward the Lord, the closeness that I've felt uh, to him have, have typically come when I have faced impossible situations and just had to stand back and, and walk with God and trust that God was going to do what only God can do. And friend, there's something about when you find yourself in a place that you can't control, that you can't handle, that you can't physically break your way through uh, to the promise that you know God gave you. There are times in your life where you've just got to throw up your hands and say, God, I'm here. I'm doing what you told me to do. Now I'm going to sit back and I'm going to let you do the rest. If you can do that, my friend, God will always come through for you. His plans are perfect. His ways are higher than our ways and his thoughts are way higher than our thoughts. Sometimes you've just got to let faith prevail. Let faith prevail. Casual praise is common. 
way too common. Everybody's a Christian. Everybody believes in God. It's easy to just smile when the days are going good and it feels like the Lord is shining down upon you, but what about when it feels like you're walking all by yourself? That's when you have to trust in the promises. Yea, though you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, don't have to fear the evil. Why? Because thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. I go to scriptures like he sticks, he's a friend that sticks closer than a brother. I don't have a brother, not a natural brother. But I've got some spiritual brothers that I feel like, I feel like if I was in trouble, there's nothing that they would not do to try to help me. But the word says that he's a friend that sticks closer than a brother. I'll never leave you, and I'll never forsake you. Then why does it feel like I'm all alone at times? That's where your faith has to prevail. Why does it feel like I'm trying to work this out on my own? Why does it feel like there's no help? Why does it feel like I'm praying and nothing's happening? Why does it feel like I'm calling out to God and bouncing off the ceiling? Because sometimes you have to walk by faith and not by sight. And when you can walk by faith and forget about what you see, that's when your faith gets into a position where it can begin to prevail and God can come through for you and he can prove to you how merciful and how just and how loving he is. Intimate praise is elusive. Intimate praise is well protected by God. Before Joshua could possess the fragrant place of praise, there had to be some walls that he had to break through, some walls that he had to get through, some walls that had to come down. And I'm sure Joshua, God didn't let him in on the little secret. He didn't tell him exactly what he was going to do. He just told him to march, right? I want you to march around the city one, once every day. And not just you, Joshua. Everybody, everybody's going to march. We're, all, we're going to be unified in this thing. We, we live together and we die together. We're either going to suffer defeat together or we're going to suffer victory together. But whatever we do, we're going to do what God tells us to do. Makes no sense to me. This is not how you prepare for war. I can't imagine wasting all my time wearing my people out, walking around the entire city. It had to take a little bit of time. Sparta's not that big, but anybody here want to volunteer to walk around the entire city today? I didn't think so. It's got to be a breakthrough. At some point, there will be a wall that challenges your faith. Some of us here, God is simply trying to get us to another level in him. You've been stalled. There were times on that mountain we were... We didn't stall. Thank goodness we didn't stall. That was a little scary driving up that mountain. Very few guardrails. And 
I told Brother Jones, I said, you don't get to uh, partake in looking around. You, you keep your eyes on the road, mister. You know, I, he was driving us up up that place, and, and uh, you can look when we get to the top and park the car. But until then, you, you watch the road. On the way down, they checked, uh, had this brake check, and they, they put this little thing on your car, this little uh, heat sensor, and checked the temperature of your brakes, and our brakes were 350. 300 degrees. They said, you might want to pull over here for 20, 25 minutes, let your brakes cool off. And, and then we started getting a little bit like, oh, my goodness. You know, I mean, I would not want to lose our brakes coming down that place. I, I, it would be a terrible thing. And so we pulled all, all over there for about 20, 25 minutes and watched other people. They zipped on past. And I, I we were getting hungry and ready to move on. It, it would have been nice just to keep on going, but but we had to we had to be stalled for a little while. We had to stop and rest, and there was a purpose in that. There was a reason for that. God sometimes will bring you to a place in your life where it will feel like you're kind of stagnant. It'll feel like you're kind of stalled, but don't you, don't you disregard when God tells you to pull it over for a little while. There's a purpose and a reason for that. There's something that is going on that God is needing us to learn. There's something that he needs us to do. There's something that's going on that he needs us to keep safe from. time finally came obviously we're we hopped in kept on driving but i'll tell you one thing we stopped a few more times on the on the way down because if we started smelling brakes or we 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 pull over once we were warned we understood the dangers and so we learned a few things sometimes there's a stall there's a wait but sometimes God puts us in a place because he desires us to know him in a more intimate way. At the one point on our way down the hill, the hill, <laughs> Pikes Peak, okay? Tell I'm from the country, you know, southern Illinois. Biggest thing we got around here is one of the cemeteries over around Pinckneyville, you know, highest place in Perry County. No big deal. Up there, you're like <gasps> trying to get your air, and it's there is thin. I told somebody, I said, the air up here is anorexic. I mean, hard to, hard to get your lungs full. But at one point on the way down, we pulled over, and we had some time to kill, let those brakes cool off, and so we began to walk. There's a little park area, a place you could take picnics and stuff, use the restroom if you wanted to, just a little area there where you pull in. So we pulled in. I began to walk, and I saw something a little further off, and I, I began to walk over past the park area and past the bathroom area and all that. And so the boys and Mallory and Bryce, they kind of followed me over. My wife was in the van with a sleeping baby, and uh, so she stayed put. But we walked over, and we saw some things that we would have never seen before we had never seen before and that we would have never seen had we not stopped. We got to know and see some things that not everybody that keeps moving got to see. There was a beautiful area that, that you could see, and it went down into a large valley and then sweeping up, and there was a, a huge outcropping of rock. It was just a, a beautiful, beautiful view. Sometimes God will put you on pause because he wants you to see some things that nobody else sees. He wants you to experience some things that, 
that everybody else that's just blowing past doesn't get to experience. Don't despise the pauses of life when God sets you off to the side. Look for the experience in those things. He's wanting you to know him in a more intimate way. Maybe in a way that not everybody around you knows him. Joshua chapter 6, verse 1 through 5, Now Jericho was securely shut up because of the children of Israel. None went out, none came in, and the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have given Jericho into your hands. It's king and the mighty men of valor. You shall march around the city, all you men of war, and you shall go all around the city once. Do this for six days, and seven priests shall bear seven trumpets of ram's horn before the ark. But the seventh day you shall march around the city seven times, and the priests shall blow the trumpets. It'll come to pass when they make a long blast with the ram's horn, when you hear the sound of the trumpet, that all the people shall shout with a great shout. Then the wall of the city will fall down flat, and the people shall go up every man straight before him. Now, I'll tell you how things go in, in, in biblical times. When a wall was fortified around a city, what they would have to do is either break through a gate or they would, they would make some climbing apparatus where they could climb up and over the walls, and many, many, many men would die until they'd finally break over the wall and conquer a city. But God said, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. If you follow me and you do what I'm telling you to do, I'm going to take care of part of the problem for you. See, here's our problem as human beings. We want God to do everything for us. Otherwise, we don't think it's a real miracle. We, we expect God to do everything while we sit in our lazy boy recliners and say a little, little patty cake prayer and, and say, God, this is beyond me. I expect you to do And God says, okay, I, I'll take part of this off your hands. I'll take the part you can't do off your hands. But there comes a point in time where I have brought you to this place to conquer it. I'm going to help you conquer it, but you're still going to have to draw your swords and spears. You're still going to have to walk over uh, where the walls once were and conquer the enemies. You're always going to have an enemy facing you, and God will help you part of the way. God will make it possible for you to conquer the enemy, but don't don't be surprised when he asks you to draw your sword and go forward and march and make that conquering move on your own. Somewhere along the line, the church has to do the job that God called it to do. He's going to make every job possible, and he's going to make every job doable, but somewhere he expects us to let our faith prevail. God said, I've given you Jericho. It's done if you'll just obey Okay, God, let's go. Let's do this. Why do we got to wait seven days? I don't know. I, I still don't have the answer. I'm sure the biblical scholars, they might be able to come up with some type of theories on, on things. How come, how come all those days, once around, next day, once around, next day, once around, next day, once around, and don't say a word? And on the seventh day, I want you to march around seven times, and then the walls are going to fall, and you're going to walk in and conquer the city. Well, God, don't you think we might be a little worn out after seven times around? I mean, this is my mind thinking. This is the way I'm thinking. How about we march seven times all the other days? We take a rest on that 
that final day, we just march around once, and then we won't be so worn out. I mean, I can think of all kinds of ways as I was marching around that city why this doesn't make any sense to me. Why the delay? And here's where you need to be careful, because oftentimes delay is the birthplace of doubt. And we think that just because things aren't happening as fast as we want them to happen. And I prayed on Monday, and by Tuesday morning, my answer wasn't there. And so I guess God is just ignoring me, or I'm going to shake my fist. No, no, no. Uh, Daniel prayed, and it was 40 days and 40 nights, if my memory served me correct, because an angel was being buffeted by another angel. The answer was on the way. God does not deny you just because he delays his answers in your life sometimes. He's looking for you to allow your faith to prevail, and every step you take forward around that city, around that problem, you just march around it and pray. Every time you pray, something is happening. No, you may not see it happening. The wall may not be falling, but you keep on marching because God told you to march around that problem. Don't you give up on it? Jericho still looked just as big on Tuesday as it did on Monday, but they just kept marching. And on that seventh day, after that seventh time, it was time for them to shout and they shouted a shout of victory, and God watched those walls come falling down just like he said they would. There would have been no victory had they began to doubt because God made them delay. Don't we become impatient? That's our world's motto today. The quicker the better. We ate at a place called In and Out. <laughs> we walked to that place. That was the most crowded place that we ate at the entire time. I think it was their flagship store because they had their corporate offices right next door. I never knew a cheeseburger could taste so good. It was so. It was an awesome meal. You'd think, what'd you think, what was your favorite meal? We were talking about that on the way home, and uh, I was joking around. I said, that roller dog I got at the Motor Mart, oh, you know, that was my favorite meal. Hey, don't knock them till you try them. A little mustard on there. They're great for breakfast. Just saying. But a couple of us went back to the, the in and out You know, we were kind of embarrassed because, we, you know, we have sophisticated palates, you know. That's just who we are. We're really hoity-toity, high-class people, you know. Only the best for the rices. No, no, we're just blue-collar workers, all of us. We're just normal people. And, and a couple of people said, in and out, in and out, in and out. It was so good. They had, they, it's so quick. And we, we walked in that place, and, and we thought that it was going to take, take a long time with all the people that were in there. But you know what? We found out that they got our food to us fairly quickly. We almost left, didn't we? We saw how crowded it was. That's our problem sometimes. We'll see it's going to take a little bit of effort, and it's going to take a little bit of time, and we start looking for our answer elsewhere. We start looking for our next meal someplace else, and because of that, oftentimes we miss the best thing that God could have given us. Hope I'm helping somebody today. Six days, monotonous, boring, waste of time, no victory. Why do you think we 
talk about faithfulness to the house of the Lord so much. Why, why do you think that God, when we're walking through the pearly gates, he says, well done, thou good and what? Handsome? No. Uh, well done, thou good and wealthy? No. Well done, thou good and uh, uh, great preacher? No. He doesn't say any of that. He says, well done, thou good and faithful. Faithful. Get knocked on our heels, get back up, one foot in front of the other. What are you doing? Doesn't seem like much. Doesn't seem like any changes are happening. But what you're doing every step is a step of faith. And every time you put one foot in front of the other and you just keep marching when nothing is happening, when nothing seems to be taking place, you just keep moving forward. What is happening is your faith is prevailing. Don't be surprised if you may see the same thing over and over again, too. There's a process in possessing praise. Our music comes today. God honors consistency. He honors faithfulness. Joshua 6, 15 through 21, but it came to pass on the seventh day, and I'm just about done. If they rose early, well, if you're going to march around the city seven times, you better get up and get moving. We spent 14 hours pretty much in a, in a minivan yesterday long. Uh, yesterday, uh, three three kids, four adults. We really wanted to get home at a decent time yesterday evening, but you know what happened? To make that happen, we had to leave real early. And I didn't want to get up at 3 o'clock in the morning, so I didn't. I told my wife, I said, you can go ahead and get up if you want to. I said, you let me sleep. I only needed maybe... 20 minutes to get out of here. So I slept a little bit longer, but we had to get up early. And by a few minutes before 4 a.m. yesterday, Colorado time, we were on the road. We weren't like Sister Graham. She cheated, hopped in an airplane. She was home in two hours' time. If we were going to make that trip, we had to get up early, and that's what happened to them. They rose early. About the dawning of the day, and they marched around the city seven times in the same manner. Here we are again, but this time, it's seven times around. And the seventh time it happened when the, police, when the priest blew the trumpets that Joshua said to the people, Shout, for the Lord has given you the city. What a great, incredible feeling. But there could have been people that said, I don't see any victory yet. The walls haven't fallen yet. Now, I'll shout when the walls fall down. Now, that's, that's shoutable material right there. When I see the walls fall, I'll shout. But God said, no, no, no. I want to see your faith. You shout first. And then the walls will fall. Sometimes we're only willing to praise God after the miracle has happened. But that's not the way God often works. God rewards the faith that perseveres through the darkness. He rewards the faithful one step in front of the other of his people. They don't see any victory, but they just keep on believing. And the greatest form of belief, in my opinion, is obedience. 
you don't have to understand why God is asking you to do something to obey it. And oftentimes God will ask you to do some things that in your own mind seem like they're pointless, useless, useless things. And they'll speak to you and tell you, I want you to do this. Well, God, you do the miracle and then I'll, I'll, I'll do that. He said, no, 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 you do this, then I'll do the miracle. You want the place of intimacy? You want the place where the fragrance of real praise, real worship becomes an incense unto the Lord as it is pleasing to him? Then your faith must prevail over the giants, the walls, the enemies, the battles that you're facing in this life. And I don't know what your battle is, but you do. We all fight things. And I'll let you in on a little secret. That won't end until the Lord calls us home. You're going to have walls and battles. But I will tell you this, the more battles that you fight, the wiser you become, the more skilled and proficient you are in a spiritual battle. Don't give up just because you've suffered a defeat. If you're still breathing, there's still potential. Would you stand with me today? Seven times they went. Seven is the Lord's number for completion. Sometimes God brings us the long way around and it feels like we're just walking in circles. But he's bringing us to a place of completion. And our victory relies on completing the task. Our victory, God could have made those walls fall the very first day. Anybody believe that with me? Sure. He could have said, walls fall, boom, done. He could have wiped out the enemy, and they could have just walked in, kind of like what he did in one of the camps where the lepers were at. He, he made a sound, and they got, all got scared, fought each other, and ran off, and, and, and the lepers, they walked in. They're like, where'd everybody go? He could have done that. Could have. There's some task that God wants us to complete before we even deserve a victory. When our children were little, there were times when we'd say, okay, if you do this, we'll take you here. That creates a lot of excitement in the beginning until the task, they're about halfway through the task, and they're getting bored, like, oh, how much more of this do I have to do? You know, if you got kids, you know what I'm talking about. Can't we just go? And in your heart, you're, you're excited about taking them to this place you know they're going to enjoy, but it's what do you tell them as a, as a good parent? You tell them, you finish the task. You obey what I've told you to do, and then we'll go. Because if you do anything less than that, oftentimes you're teaching your children that there is a shortcut. And real life, in real life, there are no shortcuts. Life is as good as it gets right then and there. 
Don't be afraid to complete the task. Because once you have completed and proven your faithfulness, God will give you what he told you you could possess. I wonder today, what is it? What is it that you're looking to possess? There are some promises of God that are widespread and they cover all of humanity and there, there are others that are very geared towards the individual. As I've said before, we're all at a different stage on this path that we're on. And that's okay. We also have different needs. We also have different walls in our life. But I've just come to tell you today that no matter how large your wall seems to be to you, that in God's eyes, a wall is just a wall. Say it with me. A wall is just a wall. A problem is just a problem. An adversary is just another adversary. If God promised you and he did that he would go with you, there is nothing that can overcome him. Hear me today. There's nothing that can overcome him. If you have God on your side with God, all things become possible. I wonder today as they begin to sing this song, Maybe you've not possessed that promise yet. Maybe in your mind you're thinking, oh, God, if you just do this for me, I would love you, I would serve you. And God said, if you will serve me, I will do it. If you will love me, I will do it. If you will worship me first, you might be surprised at what that unlocks in your life. I wonder if there's anybody today. Thank you for listening. Special thanks to those that give generously to this ministry. If you would like more information, please visit our website at landmarkapostolicchurch.net. But have a great day and God bless.